Hi, and welcome to the Austin Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm Ward Wilsey, and right next to me is my wife, Katie, a licensed Texas real estate agent. Austin, Texas is one of the hottest real estate markets in the country, and not just for home buyers. Real estate investors from all across the country are finding great investment properties, too. We're avid real estate investors, and we're here to talk to you about our portfolio and the ups and downs of investing in Austin real estate. We'll also talk about how you can take advantage of the Austin market and develop your own passive income real estate portfolio, no matter where you live. So sit back and relax, take some notes, because here comes another episode of the the Austin Austin Real Estate Estate Investor Investor Podcast. Podcast. That was super lame. All right, welcome to another episode of the Austin Real Estate Investor Podcast. How are you doing, Katie? I'm good. I got my cup of coffee here. I'm waking up. We're going early in the morning, a little different. It's okay with you? It's okay with me. All right, so we just went into escrow on a property. Yep, investment property. It's good. We got the inspector's report back. It's good. We feel confident about the price and everything else, right? Yep. Price is one ninety six. On a uh, three-bedroom, two-bath with uh, square footage is in the 1300s. I don't remember exactly. Okay, we bet we're going to get about 1550 rent on it, and we won't have to do a fence like the last property, so it'll be nice. Yeah, I'll probably actually this time of year come in at 1600 for the rent on this one. I think it's a little bit nicer neighborhood, good schools, and... Um, yeah, I think the only downfall in this one, which is why we kind of worked on driving down the price a bit, was the uh, the tax rate on this one. I mean, this is going to be a huge shock for some people, not in Texas, but it's 3.06. Yeah. So 3% of your um, valued price. We're a non-disclosure state, though, so you can sometimes get away with them not knowing the accurate price of your home. But they often over assess and you have to yeah. dispute it. So anyhow, that because of that I I needed to bring the number the, the sales price down. It was listed I think at two hundred five and we got them down to one ninety six. So Yeah, so when, about it. once all said and done, we'll see, but we should be in the six to seven percent yield range and then obviously growth on top of that. So that that I mean that that's a good deal. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. No, it should be good. We we should close on that one on the 12th, and that will make investment number three. Yeah. Yep. I'll come back in a future episode, like with the one we just did that we rented out. i got to figure out, you know, with with the cost of the uh, property manager and all, what our ultimate, ultimate like, net rent is, and then I'll come up with the yield for everyone. So we'll do an episode where we'll show what we're actually getting on these properties. It's kind of hard because right now we'd be estimating. Um, yeah. And that one, there's a lot of learning that went on, a lot of growth that went on in that second investment property. Yeah, we'll have um, to do... Which is good, right? We learn from that. Yeah, we'll have to do another episode on that, so... Okay. All right, but today we're talking about debt, and I, you know you know what triggered this is I was reading like a one of those Forbes things on top, uh, top five things people need to know about managing money, and two of them were debt-related. It's... It, it was, you need to learn how to manage your debt, number one, or that was number two, but number one. And they also said you need to get a good credit card. And I was kind of like uh. blood boiling because I was kind of like both of those. 
you don't need to learn to manage your debt. You need to get out of debt. <laughs> and you don't need a credit card. And Are we going to have... I mean, maybe that already exists, like debt managers out there, kind of like you have your portfolio manager, <laughs> the debt manager. Well, portfolio manager exists because the people, their clients are wealthy, debt, debt managers. Well, they do. They do have debt managers, like people who like consolidate your loans and people yeah. do, and that, To me, a debt manager is someone that pays your bills. <laughs> it should be. Yeah. Well, I mean. And then you're not in debt. I mean, you are, theoretically, but. Yeah. No. I know. No. Okay. You, need to, you need to learn to manage your own debt. <laughs> yeah, we do need to talk about it. I think debt is a, is a big stressor. and um, I think it's like the number one money issue in America that's, for holding, sure. that's holding people back. Oh, it's holding people back. It's also probably the number one cause. I'm totally guessing on this, but I have to believe because of the way it feels when you're buried in debt. But it's got to be the number one cause of suicide and adult male divorce everything like not i mean it's crazy so let's 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 go back right because we're not in debt we're not in debt we're not in in consumer debt we right we have mortgage debt yes yeah and and we have investment property debt but that's obviously covered by rent and we'll talk about that in a while because there's still risk there sure but you know we don't have credit cards car loans student loans loan loans yeah None of that. But we used to have all of that. And let's go back and think about how that felt. Like when we were first married, sure. we had all that stuff. And for a while after we were married, we had all that stuff. Well, and I'm, I'm going to, I said this before in another episode with the car thing. We are such consumers, Americans, and, and probably many other countries too, but we really are. And there is this almost like the standard or expectation that you'd, do have all this debt like it just it's the norm right people think we're weird yeah that we don't and i was at dinner the other day and or no i was i was shopping the other day with some girlfriends and the credit card machine i went to use my debit card and the credit card machine stopped working she's like oh my gosh my system's down i don't know if your charge went through so I quickly looked on my bank to see if there was a charge. It's pretty instant, usually with Wells Fargo. And there was nothing there. And I, I just made the comment. Let, let, let's not mention banks unless they're unless they're paying us. Uh, <laughs> okay. A, a sponsorship fee. A sponsorship fee. Um, so I mentioned, gosh, the last time I used my debit card was when we went to dinner or lunch at Carve. And I was with one of the girls that I went to lunch with. And she was like, Katie, that was already... 10 days ago, you haven't used your card in 10 days. Like she could not believe it. And I was like, no, I pay everything cash. Yeah. And we do. I mean, our debit card is an extension of that. We still try to like be careful with that and pull out the cash. Right. Um, so to your point that like, it's not normal what we're doing. She looked at me like I was a foreign creature. Yeah. Like, you don't use your card 10 times a day. You've gone 10 days without using your debit card. You know what? Like I was thinking about this the other day. Like the fact that no one uses cash is really a down downside. Cause every, every time you use like even our debit card, but certainly credit cards, every time you use one of those, someone's paying an exchange fee to the card company. So it increases the prices of everything. Sure. We should be asking more. We don't do this enough. Ask discount. for a cash discount. We don't like they pay. I guarantee you they pay over 1% on every one of those transactions and the small transactions are probably paying. Like- well, we did. So we, we joined a boat club and 
I asked, I said, if I pay the whole, so they have a monthly payment system. Well, I didn't want to have a new monthly payment. Right. So I said, if I pay cash, pay the whole year up front cash, can I get a discount? And they said, absolutely. We'll give you 7% off. Right. So we got 7% off, you know, which was a month or so. Like, but I mean, theoretically, like we should get a discount at the grocery store for paying cash. We should get Right. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. It's not going to happen. But we should ask. I mean, imagine when we get to a position where we can buy real estate with cash. Because I just had a client pay cash for a house, right. an investment property. Cash is king, you guys. Like, we got so many extra things because he was paying cash. Right. We, we definitely won every other bid. Right. There's no financing contingency. There's no nothing, you know, like nothing can go wrong. You just have to prove proof of funds. So, right. um, yeah, cash is king for sure. All right. But back to, back to how we felt and, and how it felt. And I, like, I mean, we had like student loan, car loan. And let's talk about, let's, let's add that up. Cause I know like, obviously our debt, it was, we were younger. So it, it felt relative to maybe someone who's in their forties with, Massive debt, but our debt was maybe a hundred thousand dollars in student loans or eighty, eighty, sixty. What do you think? Like seventy. Okay. Seventy. Let's call it seventy. And then car loans. I mean, at, at one point, it had to be over thirty, thirty thousand bucks. Okay, which today's cars. There's probably two people in their house that have right. thirty thousand dollar car right. loans. But okay, so then, we're at a hundred now. And then just like. Medical bills, like little credit cards, credit, the things that we put on credit cards, like probably another 10. Medical bills was a big one. Yeah. Especially early. Yeah. Cause we had four kids in right. a short amount of time. Um, right. So, and we, we, we mismanaged even that, like, well, I also feel like we, like we had to pay those other bills and those had to go out first. And then that causes you to like mismanage your, your medical bill. Now it's like, okay, medical bill comes in and we just, we just pay it with our normal. Right. But think about that when you're young, like you're, let's say we even did budget back then. Right. And then all of a sudden you go to the doctor for your kids and hand, foot bucks. and mouth disease that you never even knew existed. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and the, the prescription and the appointments, $500. Well, that's not in your budget. So it, it, it's hard and it's hard to have a safety net at that right. age. So anyhow, yeah, we, let's call it over a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Okay. And then we had small credit cards, right? I was the credit card person, but right. small. And then that seems like such a big amount, but then we got, we got done with it in like a couple years once we started actually focusing and on l- it. And let's talk about that. Like, so we were with three kids you had your own law practice, which sounds fancy, but it's it not. not. Um, he had to pay fancy rent fancy, in La Jolla. Fancy health insurance. And yeah, he had to pay private health, health insurance, which if you check the box that you're still having babies, your insurance spikes up. Um, yes. So anyhow, we were, we were broke because right. every penny he earned had to go back into the business. When we went on vacations, he had to be working. Like he couldn't go on vacations. Right. Not that we could really afford vacations, but just like up to the mountains for skiing and stuff. Right. So there we are just barely surviving. I actually got a job as a teller in a local bank to get benefits. Right. Uh, was- did that come after? No. No, it was during that time. Okay. So to get benefits, because I just had to work 20 hours a week, and 
the benefits were worth more than like I think we actually hourly paid the nanny more than I made at the bank. But the benefits, but the benefits really made sense because yeah. it was like a thousand dollars a month savings, right? Um, and it got me out of the house, so that was that was good. But anyhow, that was very stressful time. Okay, then I get pregnant with our fourth. And at the same time, I started talking with Wells Fargo about joining right. them, and so I took a job there. And then, and then around the same time, we went to the Dave Ramsey. Right. Well, I think just to even like back up, like getting pregnant with my fourth was not necessarily exciting for us. No, because it was just more. It was, it was really stressful. I remember the day. And the look in your eyes and like it, I think it kind of felt like we were drowning. It was like, I mean, it's, I hate to ever say that. But it's true back then. It really was like, it was just, it, we were broke. We were in debt. We were stressed like crazy. And now we're pregnant with another one. You were still interviewing. You weren't even, you hadn't even accepted the job yet. So there was just so much uncertainty going on in our life. I could see how that could make you sleepless, make you depressed, right. make you like anxiety, like all these things, right? Like we were not in a great space. Um, but yeah, so you took a salaried position with Wells Fargo, which it was about, it was about the same salary, but maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe a little more, but not much. No. But what, what, what it did was it, it gave us steady, a steady paycheck so we could we could pull out a bit each month to pay extra sure and it gave us um maybe like that nine to five feeling like you could actually get off of work a little bit yeah and, and but it also it also like we had the the bonus at the end of the year which was a big part of paying down debt because we could just say okay that bonus whatever it is that's all going to right which i think debt. that's kind of the only reason why you took the job in a way because you were letting go of a practice that you were building that could potentially have been much larger. Who knows? But, well, but that think, bonus was, but I think it, like now, yes, because we don't have all that debt. I could go and, and build a practice and, and invest in it and, and make it build up. But it was so like every dime seemed like it had yep. to come out and I couldn't hire people. It was just never ending struggle. So I think that's kind of, you know, why it made sense to do do the Wells Fargo thing. And it worked out great because I started, and also like I noticed once we started paying down debt, I started being able to focus more on your know, career development and stuff like right, that. Right, because kind of what I was just saying, like the anxiety, the sleepless nights, yeah. the depression, like yeah. it, because you're sitting there going like, how am I going to pay this bill? This guy's now called me twice. Right. I owe this bill right. or whatever. You see the second, the late notice come in and you instantly try to shove the bill to the side because it's like you don't want to face reality that you don't necessarily have right. the money there. Or sometimes you do and you just don't even want to. Like, I'm just bad at paying bills. Like, oftentimes, even if I have the money, I'll have like a toll bill that's $4. Like, just pay the bill, lady. Um, okay, so let's... So we started We started carving out like a bit of a... a well, Dave pay, Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. So. We, you know, the idea is you list your debts largest or smallest to largest and you start paying off the small ones first. So we took care of the old, like just the bill cleanup. And that, that took like a couple months and then it's a snowball effect. Cause right. to me, like that 
kind of is the secret. Like when I talk to people all the time, like that is like the most valuable part of all of Dave Ramsey, I think is understanding like, let's say you have 10 bills and you pay the minimum amount on all 10, but you're able to pay, you know, 10% more on, or let's call it $20 extra on your $30 credit card bill. So now you're paying $50 a month. You get that one done and you jump over to the next one that you were paying $30 on and you add another $50 to that. So now you're paying $80. So now you get rid of that one. And now this other bill that you're paying 50, you add 80 to it. Like I know that, well, and, and, and how it actually played out, and I, I was just thinking about this, is so we, we got done with all that stuff, and then we had, I had two student loans. Right. One was the private, and one was the... Government. Government. And the private one was our next smallest debt. Our car loans were like about the same, but a little bigger. So we started putting all the money that we had started paying on those those random yep. bills. And what would happen was, like maybe when we started, it was like an extra... I'm, picking a number two or 3% of our paycheck. But then every month we started like upping it a little. So pretty quickly, I mean, like, like, you know, probably 15% of our paycheck was going just to paying off debt. And then while we were paying off that student loan, we were at the same time, we weren't, we decided we're not buying any new cars because what happens with the cars, right? Is you have a card loan and then you roll it into a new car, right. but you're upside down yeah. you're, and you're actually making yourself worse. So we just said, okay, you know, our cars, we're not, we're not buying new cars. So it kind of the live like no one else so that you can live like no one else. It's like Dave Ramsey's saying, right. So right. So like I got a, a crappy car, it was like an accurate TL and I just, not a crappy car. It was great a great condition. Car. Just no, it was nothing. Great, cool. It was just, it was just old. Like, yeah. No, but remember, like, I had that nice Acura, right. and then I, I let it roll off so that we owned it, and we sold it, and then I took on, like, my mom was, like, getting rid of an older car that I took on for, like, two years with yep. a dent in the back, just so we could, like, not have, have a car, car loan, yeah. and, like, I was a wealth manager at the time, like, right. so, so the idea that you need a fancy, neighborhoods. the idea that you need a fancy car to impress people is just, it's not true at all, like, and then we did the kind of the same thing with your car and then and then eventually we were out of we were we were out of we had paid that student loan off but at about the same time we were out of car debt because we just we didn't we well, didn't what, roll it we into got a new to the car. point where once we were paying the car payment so let's say our car payment was like $400 a month we had all those little snowballs that piled up so now all of a sudden we're paying 900 or thousand dollars a month so we got to pay down the principal pretty swiftly on there. the car yeah on the car yeah and then and then, then we was... had you know the, the 900 plus the 400 right. to pay down the student loans and then the cars the cars rolled off and now suddenly we have like you know i forget exactly what it was but like 1500 you know 16 maybe even more 100 a month going to the student loan and then and then we have, okay, every bonus, we're just taking the bonus and paying down the student loan. And then, like, two bonuses. But mind you, like, like really dumb that down. Because a bonus could be $100. Like, it right. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just... But, 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 but the idea was, is, like, when we had bonuses, like, in the past, we would have just spent it. Gone shopping or something. Yeah. So this was, like, we had tunnel vision. 
for a while. And it was right. like, and I have to tell you, I, when I worked at Nordstrom, I went to like this Franklin Covey seminar thing that they put us through. And they talked about when you make a list and you check it off, like how powerful that is right. to you, like for self-improvement and motivation. And that first bill you pay off, it feels really good to right. be like done. Okay. Yeah, so check in the box. Yeah. And then the next one comes. So, so like there's this, like if, if, if you, that view, cloud of depression starts to lift. Yeah. If you view stress as like weights on you, you take a little weight off and everything, it all, it feels a little lighter all the time. And it's like, and you sit there and you go like, man, it's just not worth it. Having cars and like, doing all the, and even going on fancy vacations, like all that stuff is just never worth it. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden we aren't fighting as much like everything. So it's crazy. I almost wish that like every marriage counselor, that would be one of their first questions. Cause we did, we had to go to marriage counseling during those times. Cause we were angry. We, we were frustrated. We were, were fighting all the time. And, and you would, emotions you, were heightened. You would just, we'd, Ever since we've been on debt, like it's never, it's just never been an issue. And so the last, the last debt was like the, the big student loan, that the public student loan. And we got done with that in about 2014, 2015. I'd have to go back. Sooner than that. Madison's yeah, 2010. Yeah. So maybe I feel 2013. Like we, we powered through all yeah. that debt pretty swiftly. So then... So then, and hold on, back up. So one of the steps in Dave Ramsey is also to have this thousand dollar emergency fund, right? Which we had never done, and I've talked about this in a different episode. Because people would say, "Well, you need a credit card because what if you blow out your tires?" Right, and and obviously that thousand dollars could need to be bigger in some family situations and probably ours. It does now, but thousand dollars we had like we, we, so at the same time of doing these little snowballs, he's asking me to save a thousand dollars. I remember thinking like, how in the world am I going to do both? Well, we did the thousand first. You, you get the thousand dollars and then yeah, you do you're snowball. Right. And then every time we spent it, but it was usually like, but that five, gets tricky. So yeah, there's a balance to, there. Have, right. you, so within, I don't know, three months of, getting this $1,000 reserve, I blew a tire or something happened. There was some big medical thing, something happened and poof, there it went. We had to pay it. But oh my gosh, for the first time in our entire adult life, we could afford to pay it without like moving things around and stressing things out and the the guilt that you pay because you're not going to pay this credit card. And now, so we, we had the money there and we paid it. The tr- it was tr- that felt great, but then we it was tricky, like balancing. Okay, we've got to fill it back up. Why we're paying debt down, right. you know? Like, but we did it. it just we were it able to fill it up pretty quickly in the beginning. It took a little bit longer to get it back up, and then we used it again because something else happened. Right. And so that to me was like between obviously paying off the debt feels really good, but also having the reserve there. Like for me as a mom, like that, it's just like a safety net, like. Right. I don't know. I like that was really big for my stress level to go Here, down. And here's another thing is like, I, I think in terms of not everyone's like ridiculously organized and we're certainly not the best, but we would send the money that we were paying on debt to like a separate account and then pay it out of that account just so. And why do we do that? Because you always want to pay yourself first. So we paid but the we're debt also, first. We have a hard time. Like we're not disciplined 
if the money's sitting in our account. You, well, I think I think that ninety nine percent of people, if the money's sitting in your account, you're going to spend it. First yeah, so but let, let's like account. shake the the rug and like clear that out. Like it's very true. Like as as good as we are, like we have to move the money out of our account still, still to this day because we'll figure out a way to spend it. We, I mean, we're, we're, we've kind of also trained ourselves that like, once all of these things are taken care of, the money left over is ours to play. And now right. you, it's guilt free, right? right? But it's, we gotta, but we gotta, we gotta put the, make the investment money yeah. first. And back then it was, you gotta pay the debt. Yeah. Put out the debt money first. Otherwise you're, you're just gonna spend it. And if you're anything like me, when I say the word setting a budget, that, phrase it makes you cringe and it, it did it was like I was sick to my stomach thinking that like I was going to be put on a budget like the budget has a bad name in our society like yeah in marriages you think that it like my husband puts me on a budget you know blah 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 so Dave Ramsey does talk a lot about how do you set a budget the parameters and we had to go through and it it's not Nearly as awful as you think it is, because it was like, how much you spend on groceries? Well, frankly, I probably spend, and at the time it was similar, like six hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars a month on groceries, right. and that makes you want to cringe, right? Right. But it just is what it is. So we kind of try to remove the emotion as we are going through, and we have, and I don't. Everyone could have their own little system. We we use an envelope system, and I to this day. Have a cal- I'll go through my categories because these are kind of our, and we've we kind of morphed them over the years, yeah. but we have our, our grocery envelope. We have the kids allowance envelope. We have the eating out envelope. We have um, toiletries or cosmetics. cosmetics. So that's like Haircuts. me getting a manicure, boys getting a haircut, whatever. Um, we have clothing. A clothing envelope. We have entertainment, meaning like going to football game. Yeah, whatever that category. And then we have vacation. And the way I've kind of worked it is every two weeks, if there's anything left, I throw it in the vacation fund. Right. Um, as I'm going through, I kind of know what our next two weeks looks like. And I'll sometimes in there, I'll throw an extra $40 or $60 into the vacation fund. Cause I'm like, yeah, the boys just got haircuts. We're probably not going to need as much in the cosmetics for the next two weeks. Or, right. oh, we also have birthdays in there. Yeah. Cause that was a big one. When the kids were little, you could spend $400 on birthday gifts in a month. They got invited to every party in the world. Especially since we have twins. Right. Then but you buy two gifts. Yeah. And so we set a budget of, how much we were willing to spend per month on birthday parties. And so we would have to actually decline birthday parties because we couldn't afford to go to all of them and you need to bring a gift. It's right. bad manners. It's bad etiquette. So, yeah. um, that's not a big issue the today. Is, is like your kids get invited to a bunch of birthday parties where they're not even really that much of friends with the person. Yeah, you're right. Cause in and, early elementary years, they invite the whole right. class. Right. Right. So it's like 30 kids are going to this jumpy place. And, um, that I had, we had four kids in elementary school. Like that gets really expensive. Right. So we budgeted birthday. Like people were like, you budgeted a birthday party. We did like right. we had a category and, 
Um, so, and we still do now it's just, I use that for gifts in general. Like it, it becomes my Christmas collection envelope. Sure. I try to like throw extra money in there all year long so that when Christmas time comes, not. we don't go into debt for Christmas. Yeah, I, I don't put it on a credit card. No, that's a big one. Obviously we know, I mean, people laugh about it. Like January, I, my birthday's in January and like, I've even said like, it sucks. Everyone's always broke in January. So I've never gotten <laughs> gifts. That's crazy. But that's yeah, crazy that we crazy. even like joke about that, right? right? Like that's how big of a problem it is. Like people will buy so much crap like for Christmas and like then have a Stuff. bill come and have to be paying it off in January. I mean, that's just insane. And so, I mean, so long story short about debt, like we had a lot of it. We pushed the money out of our bank account in order to pay it. We slowly put more each month yep. to it all our bonuses and within a couple of years i mean it was it was it was gone and yeah we had to make sacrifices especially like what what there's a lot of people off is they're not willing to do the car thing they need to drive the latest lexus and i mean you're just always going to be broke if yeah, you do that that's a that's a tough one but, but what's interesting is now we're at the point where the car because we save up cash to buy new cars and slowly we're building up to where we are able to afford and nice the car and is holding a little bit better, but like I, yeah. So like my car will give us, we'll get back $12,000 out of my car right. to put towards our cash pot Right. where before we were always negative with our car. Right. So it's, it, you know, it's a depreciating asset. Like you can't sit there and like be, be borrowing to do a car just because you can afford the payment because you can't afford the payment in the long run. It's like Dave Ramsey always calls it the payday lender, the middle class. And it's, it's so true. It's what holds so many people back. So I can't stress enough. Just don't buy the new car, pay it down. And at the very least, don't buy the new car because at the end of five years, you, you won't owe anything and you can at least start over, but you've got to break that cycle or you'll just never have success financially. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of it. Now here's something that someone brought up after listening to one of our other podcasts is the credit cards. Cause we don't do credit cards. I mean, we do we cash do not, and we do yeah. a debit card, um, is the, the points and people say, well, I, I'm careful and I, you know, I pay down my credit cards and I get the points. I get to take a vacation at the end of the year. And it's like, I mean, to try, to try and like, so there, there's a small percentage of people yeah. who, who they, that happens. They and pay we talked it off about that. Month. I mean, it really is a very small percentage that can beat the system, but it happens to be everyone I talk to somehow uh, beats the system. I, I somehow am lucky enough to talk to, I think a lot of people think they hundred percent of the people I talk to are the 1% who beat the system. Isn't that interesting? The credit card companies are making a ton of money off this system. Like they're just taking a percentage of the exchange fees that they make and giving them back to you. So if you're making one percent back, it. You, I mean, think about it. No one gives away anything for no. free. So if you are getting miles, somehow, some way, you paid something for that. Those it's and not free. They're 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 winning. So you may yeah. be that one percent of the people who who make out on that and never. Pay no. extra interest because you're 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 paying it off every month and never end up paying and and, and, and don't never, spend more because you have a credit card. More. That's the other thing. Is that, people spend that's a it lot right there. More. Like Christmas is a good example. People spend that because they're just saying, "Oh, I, I'll just see my credit card in January." 
And it's like you're spending more because of it. So you're not winning on that. There's no way. Even if you can't afford to pay it in January, right. you spent more because of it. Because of the credit card than yeah. if you had cash. It, it's just true. So it's it's not a winning system and not enough people break that cycle. So I'll get off my soapbox. But you- I think just to like kind of wrap up everything, uh, major like summary here is like debt is stressful. Yep. Life is hard enough. So adding in all those stressors, the depression, the guilt use, like, cause if you spend money, you feel guilty and you're not sleeping and all this stuff. Like it's just not worth it. Cause in the grand scheme, there's no one that went to their grave and said, I wish I had more, right? Like I right. wish I had more things. So a better car, any of this. It's like, I wish I would not have yelled at my wife so much or my husband or fought so much with my kids or whatever it is. Like those are the things that matter in life. So not to get cheesy, but no, I think debt is the number one thing that causes stress in people's lives. Like that. No one talks about. And so we're going to keep talking about it because we are, you know, pretty much debt free, consumer debt free, and it feels pretty darn good. So yeah, I mean, I, there's there. I don't other want people to, be to join us. Like, there's risk in terms of like the the investment debt that we and have. We'll, we'll go down that road. We'll go down that road again. But I mean, it. And, and so the flip side of the whole thing is the money that you if you if you do that journey and you pay off your debt and work on that hard. Once you're out of debt, now you have a lot of free money that you can invest in. Stocks, you can invest in your 401k, you can invest in real estate. Like you've so got invest to in yourself. Invest in yourself. Yeah, so your all, future. That, all that debt you're paying off and try and pay more over time, just think about that's money that you're investing first in yourself by paying off debt, but eventually you're going to be able to invest and build wealth. So, Okay, yeah. yep, right. good stuff. All right, talk to everyone soon. Thanks, bye.